Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan Mitchell on his team's play, not seeing the rim anymore. It's like it's a new level, PK. It's like everything he said made me think he's going to say, I'm at a new level now, but really no player should say that out loud. They should just let the rest of us figure it out. Well, I figured it out, man. I figured it out two weeks ago. And it looks spot on. 30 points on 10 of 14 shooting. And it's not the 57, but when you're back at 57 up with 30, that's a... It's a pretty good number right there. And he had the eight assists. And a lot of times, the way they're playing now, you draw the double team and you make a pass, but they're going to, you know, swing, swing, and all that stuff we hear. So the guy you throw it to isn't the guy who's making the hoop, but you still are the one who put the defense in the scramble and created the open shot. Break it down, Sniggy. I can and tell he you deserves you're feeling warm right now. More credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to nitpick, what – what still needs to improve, PK? It wasn't perfect. It's never perfect. Quinn's going to see something on film or in the stat sheet or whatever. I got well, one I thing. Go you ahead. Got... I figured you did. <laughs> free throws. They're hitting open threes. You don't get to the free throw line hitting open threes. So it's a nitpick. 45% from the three-point line. Uh, we talked about how they're not shooting it and they got to shoot it better, and they're going to because they were 38% as a team. So there it is, PK. The 45% game offset in one of those lousy three-point shooting games earlier. The law of numbers holds true. Yeah, and the thing that I like, too, is that Denver didn't exactly shoot poorly from no, the three-point they line. They didn't, didn't shoot as well, but they probably weren't going to do that. But it's not like they bottomed out, so there really wasn't the law of numbers there either. 48% three-point shooting. I think the big number that jumps off the stat sheet is that the Jazz only had six turnovers. That is a very low number. We spent plenty of time talking about they had too many turnovers, too many possessions where they're coming up empty. Six turnovers, that is that is spectacular. I mean, you could have double that. You'd be at 12 and nobody would be complaining. So six is an outstanding number. Yeah. Jazz get the win. We've got Joe Ingles coming up at 7.30. Joe likes the 9 o'clock hour. That seems to fit in his day. And it'll be 9.30 in Orlando, so it fits perfect in his day. So Joe will be here in the next segment. And we got Craig Bowlerjack coming up at 8.30. So uh, plenty more in this game. Got questions up on our Facebook page, and we will get to all of that. Uh, will Barton has left the bubble. We spent a lot of time talking about the Jazz being shorthanded, first with Bogdanovich, then with Conley. Now Conley's coming back. Barton has left the bubble, so losing one of their better defensive players. Obviously, they don't have Harris either. And if they only score 105 points, which is all they had in regulation in Game 1, and they get a 105 here, that, that doesn't seem like a winning number, PK. That seems like if, that, if that's going to be the Nuggets' number, the Jazz ought to win this series. Wow, you've turned it now, huh? Well, I don't know that they can keep the number at 105. So, Well, how about 104? <laughs> well, that would just have the odds of winning even more. You're toying with me. You're trying to toy with me. Just having fun. 
All right, tomorrow, game three is 2 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Name is serious. We're going we're to go in. We're going to believe that we can win. For sure. If you, if you don't believe it, you're not supposed to be here. So you got to believe it. Luka Doncic, if you don't believe it, you're not supposed to be here. I agree. Luka Doncic leading the Mavericks past the Clippers 127-114. There were a couple times in that game I thought they're starting to pull away, and then the Clippers reeled them back in. But the Clippers could never get control of that game, and, and Dallas just kept sprinting away time after time. They answered every every challenge, and even that series of 1-1. Yeah, loving the Cindy Lauper reference. <laughs> You know, the team that had to be watching is feeling pretty good about themselves is the Houston Rockets. The four seed is looking at the one, two, and three seed who have all lost. Top three seeds have a two and three record right now. And obviously plenty of time for them all to pull that out and, you know, pull it together and win the series. Yeah, I really think seeds are irrelevant now, particularly in the West. I don't know as much about the East uh, that I do about the West. But, you know, there wasn't a big ton of difference between right now you can go one and six and in Dallas at seven they've got a couple of players in Portland at eight that well that wasn't Portland for October through uh, well till they resumed in July so I I don't think the seeds matter I mean so I don't know that they're thinking anything along those lines because they could just as easily be one one after today themselves so I think the seeds are relevant because especially obviously with the no home court court, it's just all about winning 16 games Raptors beat the Nets 104-99. Celtics beat the Sixers 128-101. Tatum went for 33 in that one. Those two teams are both up 2-0. And I think, uh, to your point about seeds, those are the two and the three seeds who are supposed to win in advance. But there's a big gap. I mean, you look at the standings. There's a big gap between 7 and 8 in the East. And obviously, the Sixers, who are sixth, don't have Simmons, who obviously was a big part of their team. So... Big talent gaps there. I'd be surprised. I was surprised that 8 be one and we'll see if Orlando, how game two goes today. Milwaukee and Orlando are playing at four, but there's just a big difference between those teams here in the first round and most of the Eastern series, I think, and not so much in the West. Right. I think the East is going to probably play out much more predictably, and in the West, it's, it's, a, it's anybody's game. It's a free-for-all. Heat and Pacers at 11, Thunder and Rockets at 1.30, then the Magic and Bucks, and the Blazers and Lakers are in prime time, and all those games are on ESPN today. Uh, Rondo has been upgraded to questionable, and Trailblazers big man Zach Collins will miss at least a week, a stress reaction in his left ankle. I'm used to stress fracture, I'm not used to stress reaction. Well, if it's ankle, it's a high ankle sprain, that's all I know. Next PK. Stress reaction is the precursor to a stress fracture. Yeah, everybody knows that. I mean, that's uh, how stupid are you? Pretty stupid. I wasn't. I wasn't pre-med on a Friday night at UC Santa Barbara. I should have been. I'd know a lot more. There you go. You have a lot more stories to tell. That'd be more important. Fact. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Well, uh, obviously, there's some point where that's going to happen, but. Uh, you know, right now we we want to try to, like I said, get everybody, give everybody an opportunity to work on it, get the basics, and and we're really doing that at all the positions. I mean, everybody's rotating through, and you know, we're trying to give everybody an opportunity to to run the run the basic plays, get the basic fundamentals down, and yeah, of course, at some point we'll have to 
not equalize the reps. I mean, that's that's obvious, but yeah, we're not there now. That's Bill Belichick on the timeline of picking a starting quarterback for New England. Probably would have happened by now because there would have been exhibition games by now and somebody would have to start. I guess he could have alternated the games or something, but he wants to keep it a secret, PK. When in doubt, coaches well, like the secrecy. There's probably some form of secrecy in addition to some form of mystery because, as you said, there's no preseason and so what would have happened, what would have been the reps uh, division between these two guys, Stidham and, uh, and my man Cam Newton, right? So you can see where he's coming from. I'm thinking, I was thinking about this the other day with the, with the Patriots. You know, I was reading some NFL stuff, got the Sports Illustrated. I'm wondering, if, you know, Brady obviously has been such a staple for so long. I'm wondering if there was any feeling that maybe Bill Belichick could relate to a little bit with Jerry Sloan after the statues left. You know, what's going to happen and how are they going to go? And I wonder, you know, is there a sense of excitement? Bill Belichick doesn't really reveal himself in any way. But I'm wondering if, uh, you know, he feels a greater sense of anticipation, which in turn makes the job a little bit more exciting for him in that way. I believe the answer to that question is yes, and I believe Bill Belichick would listen to that question and would chuckle inside and would never, ever answer it. <laughs> but I think you're spot on. And I do remember walking in for a jazz practice early on, and um, and it was before the first game, and I, there was a conversation going on, and it was pretty casual. You know, it's when they still had the bleachers. And so people are kind of hanging out, and it's not the way things are structured now. But yeah. there was clearly a conversation going on, and Jerry looked at me as I walked in. He says, what about you? And I was walking over to meet the photographer, and he walked backwards alongside me. And I remember thinking, what the heck's going on? I'm like, what about me what? <laughs> it didn't make any sense. He thought I'd heard the conversation as I walked in. He says, how many games do you think you're going to win? And it was a year where, uh, you know, somebody had written, you know, nine wins, worst team ever or whatever. And I was like, I don't know, maybe 25. And he looked at me and he uttered one word very quietly. And it took a long time to say it. It's four letter word. It's the magic word. But it was like, real quietly. And it was just like him internally assessing, like, no one believes in me. And that was what I heard. Well, I mean, I heard one word, but I think that's why he said it. Kind of like, well, yeah, we're not, we don't want to stock them over. Not be that good, but we're not going to fall that far. And it was basically as I thought about. It, he was saying, "Do you know how many bad teams there are? How many bad players? How many disorganized coaching staffs there are? We're not falling that far." And he got them to you know ninth place and forty wins, forty and forty-two. So, yeah, I think that those coaches do think that there's just a certain amount of the system can't do everything, but the system can do something. It can put some okay players some the guys who have some talent and put them in a place to win. You know, they're not going to in the case of the Patriots, they're not going to turn the ball over. They're going to have five turnovers in a game and just beat themselves. You know, it doesn't mean that he's going to get them you know, 12 and 4, but he's not thinking they're going you know, 4 and 12 either. Yeah, I mean, that's the essence of coaching, is to right. get whatever yes. talent you have and have that reflect in the number of wins that you get. Uh, Alex Jerry Smith obviously did that. Right, yes, exactly. I think you're spot on. Alex Smith said uh, 
the, I think he said what everybody's thinking. He said there's one more big hurdle uh, as he comes back from the, the 17 surgeries and the, the broken uh, leg with multiple bones broken. He said uh, he was asked about taking a hit, and he says, I've thought that more than I could probably say. That's been in the back of my head throughout this entire process. i got to go out there and get hit. i got to know that, obviously, my leg is strong enough to take it. And the doctors think it is, or they wouldn't have uh, cleared him, but no leg is ever 100% guaranteed. Any leg, anybody can break their leg at some point in the game, so there is still that element out there for him to think about. Yeah, that's nothing different from any other player, and obviously his was more severe than most injuries, so it compounds it. But the feeling, the sentiment that he has is that is that's exactly what you would expect, and we've heard that over the years, depending on who it is, coming back from what. Again, his injury was very, very severe, obviously, and so that compounds it. But the sentiment is to be the same, and I need to correct you on one thing. Jerry was not 40 and 42. He was 42 and 40. Thank you. I don't want to cheat him out of the two wins. Glad you were here. Uh, Chiefs starting quarterback, cornerback, Bashad Breeland is going to miss four games after being suspended for a violation of the NFL's substance abuse policy. Uh, after quarterback PK, which obviously you got to have a quarterback to win, uh, either you think you think a dominant corner, you know, shut down one side of the field, all that kind of stuff, or a pass rusher, next most important thing. It seems like a pretty big piece of the puzzle to be down a uh, a cornerback. I don't know their their depth there, and maybe they can survive that, but. Uh, to lose one guy, you know, when you got a chance to lose another guy from injury or whatever, seems like a problem. That's that's a position you got to be good at. Uh, yeah, if I'm going to take dominance on the defensive side, I'm going to go somebody up front and then work my way back. But yeah, obviously it's important too. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I think it's a shame. Kids are getting their team, their schools deciding or their conferences deciding to shut down. And so they can't play. And a lot of them got a lot of money on the line for the next level or they just want to play their last years. And so it's really unfortunate that the NCAA is not allowing them uh, to transfer and be eligible immediately. You know, we're being told that that wouldn't even go into the waiver process. So I feel really bad for those kids. It's not their fault. Well, why can't they come play somewhere? So that, that don't make any sense to me. That's Lane Kiffin on athletes being able to transfer without penalty. All I heard there, PK, was, man, there's some guys at Oregon who would help me compete with Alabama. Yeah, why can't they go somewhere? Okay, how about they go everywhere but Ole Miss and then see what Lane Kiffin thinks? That, that just, <laughs> I just wonder what his team is thinking here in that. Like, man, coach would push me out the door in a heartbeat, man. Don't lecture me on loyalty. Well, yeah, but see, I mean, you can't complain that you want money and you want this and that. And not be treated like a pro and get cut? Yeah. Or at least, you know, be uh, recruited over. I mean, that, that happens. It's, that's the way of the world. That's why I hear about, oh, well, the coaches make millions. Yeah, well, the owner of my company makes a hell of a lot more than I do. <laughs> and so that's the reality of the real world. So uh, I don't have any problem with that, that aspect of it. If I have a player who, if I have a cornerback and I have an opportunity to get better, Am I going to say no because I'm worried about Johnny's feelings? I mean, that's it's about competition, man. I don't have any problem on that. Uh, it's interesting that uh, the you know the idea of uh, having these kids be immediately eligible under this once in a hopefully lifetime circumstance. Now the grad students, Arizona has been decimated. Two uh, two players, two of their better players on defense, and they already suck on defense. Yeah, uh, they're taking off and. Uh, maybe that doesn't matter in terms of, well, if they don't play anyway. There's all sorts of stuff 
that would go into it if they actually resumed playing football. Uh, Tufele, the kid out of Bingham from uh, SC, has announced that he's going to forego his last year and get ready for the draft at this point. Because if you guys are farting around and saying there's no season and now we've got some Big Ten schools saying that uh, I saw this morning and when I was doing some show prep uh, that, uh, what, six schools is it in the Big 12 or Big Ten? yeah. Are, are thinking about getting together and playing and all this stuff. So there's all sorts of chaos running around here. I, I still, in my heart of hearts, maybe it's just, and it probably is just a fan of me, thinking that two things. They'll uh, reverse that, themselves? That they're going to try, and then I don't know that if we'll get an entire season. So those two things I still feel like are realistic possibilities. But maybe the first one is just wishful thinking thinking my gosh are you kidding me in september october november on saturdays i mean the momentum that we build up and we've been doing this for years in our show but fans can relate to this too the momentum of the week as it builds up to saturday there's really nothing like it i suppose it's relative to the nfl but we don't have an nfl team maybe that's the case but there's so many games in the nfl and so many twists and turns where in colleges you know you're basically playing nine games that really really matter so that's not quite uh, less than half but point being that you know it's 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 monday we review tuesday yeah. we review look ahead wednesday then it's on you know what i mean there's a rhythm saturday to it, morning yeah. you wake up and it's just awesome and to say we're not going to have that it's 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 difficult to accept Uh, the other college football news, the NCAA is going to consider a meeting uh, at a meeting tomorrow, a proposal that would freeze everyone's eligibility this season so they don't lose any eligibility for these fall sports athletes, regardless of how many games they play. Now, for the, the sports, the teams that are suspended, and obviously, you know, we had Beth Lanier on last week, you know. Soccer, the, women's volleyball. Right, so that makes sense because that's what they did for the spring. And for the leagues that aren't playing any games, I get that. But if the SEC plays a 10-game schedule, none of those kids are going to lose a year of eligibility. Neither would BYU. I got to admit, I thought they were going to pick. I thought about this, and I thought they'll probably pick some middle ground, right? Like seven or eight games or something becomes a season. It's kind of like in baseball, right? It's an official game once you played the five innings. You know, at some point you make the leap. I got to admit, I'm surprised they're thinking about setting the number at zero. Uh, yeah, there's an informal... I mean, it's not formal it's not yet. Set it's yet. discussion's no. right. sake. And, and then I wonder how many of those kids would want to come back anyway, because particularly if you've redshirted, and for, and for BYU also, too. I mean, you got kids, and but the marriages, so, you know, and the culture was so young, and a lot of them have kids, and they may have graduated. They may have graduated two years earlier, depending on how their academic uh, situation is. Do they really want to hang around and go through all that is required to go through? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. And obviously the pro guys, why would they want to stay around when they can go make no, money those professionally? Guys, right. The guys who are going to get drafted, they're going to go. But I wonder, you know, this isn't just an SEC thing. I mean, we see grad transfers everywhere. So if you're going to get another year of eligibility back, if you realize you're being recruited over or whatever, I mean, we've seen guys leave Utah and go to Utah State, right? So can Mountain West schools pick up some guys who are getting buried on depth charts in the Big 12? 
You know, if they, because you, we've talked before, if you give everyone an extra year, there's still only so many snaps. There's only so many games and so many plays. And you can be on the team, but if you're going to be standing on the sideline, are you going to be looking for somewhere else to go? Yeah, I think you're downgrading a little bit the Mountain West there. I don't know if you're buried on the depth chart. I mean, some of the guys that are going up to Utah State from Utah, they weren't buried on the depth chart. Okay, CLC Mariner wasn't buried. He was in a rotation, but he had a chance to go up there and be the guy. So he yeah, went up there and was the guy. Buried. All right. But with an extra year, I still think there'll be a squeeze. There'll be a numbers game, and there'll be a chance. And we're already seeing that the coaches have to spend a lot of time scanning the transfer portal every day, finding out who's in it. And it seems like this proposal would only accelerate that down the line. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the air that I am deeply ashamed of. If I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a, a man of faith, as there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos that will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. I don't know if it's going to be for the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be for my bosses at Fox. I want to apologize for the people who signed my paycheck for the Reds, for Fox Sports Ohio, for the people I work with, for anybody that I've offended here tonight. I can't begin to tell you how deeply sorry I am. That is not who I am uh, and never has been. And I'd like to think maybe I could have some people that, uh, that could back that up. I am very, very sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. Jim Day will take you the rest of the way home. Threaded broadcaster Tom Bredeman, pregame show, judging by the gra- graphics, it was in the pregame show, said an anti-gay slur, just part of a conversation apparently. It was quiet for a while, then he blurted out what he blurted out, and what you just heard there was him in the fifth inning apologizing and signing off, suspended in the middle of the game, and even projecting forward about you know getting fired in the middle of the game that was a that was a pretty unusual deal i assume you saw a break on twitter pk like i did got out of the blue without much explanation there but that was that was quick well as they say the flight attendants when you're getting off the plane bye-bye yeah on the field oh go ahead and it was ironic he's he he announced a home run yeah that was hit into the no judgment, no judgment zone. zone. Yeah, judgment there's, was spelled wrong, there, but uh, nevertheless, there's actually a uh, a banner or billboard or whatever out there, and the the ball went right to it. Yeah. On the field, uh, Padres beat the Rangers, tenth inning grand slam. Early in the game, Fernando Tatis kind of undercut his apology there. PK hitting a home run and then doing the fake uh, crying tears at home plate. And geez, if you're going to do that, just don't bother with the apology. What a waste of time. You can't then hit another homer and laugh at him. <laughs> it's like. He's 21 years old. You're expecting him to have <laughs> rational judgment? Oh, I mean, that one seems. That's a pretty low bar and to clear right there. He changed his walk up music to something along those lines of uh, crying or no crying or something. Whatever. Tampa Bay winning the battle of the top teams in the East. They beat the Yankees 4-2. to And Boston's nine-game losing streak is over. The Red Sox beat the Phillies 6-3. I was going to say it's going to be a long summer in Boston, but it's a 60-game season, so, you know, if you're rebuilding, eh. 
Might as well have this summer be the bad one, right? If that's the case, yeah. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. When we come back, the Joe Ingles Show. Joe, Joe joins us from the bubble in Orlando next. Stay with us.